Good evening and welcome. It is Wednesday night. That's right. It is hump day night, I suppose. Hump day night, Vince. Is that what you call it? Is that what you call Wednesday night? Hump day night? It's what we call he it He doesn't now. dare ask. He doesn't dare reply. He doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, I'm not going to get in trouble right in the beginning of the show. No, he no. said. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's what we call Apparently, you've, you've coined a new one, I guess. Good. All right. Good. All right. We'll go it's with good. it then. We'll take it. Hump day night. Yeah. Welcome to everyone as you join the program. I've got my co-host Vince here tonight. We've got Kimberly and Trish. We have a packed uh, itinerary of things to go over. There's a lot of stuff going in the news. Of course, we weren't here Monday night because of the holiday. Hey, everybody, JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's, and it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. So that backed us up a little bit. So we're going to get started pretty quickly. And I want to I want to start the program by just sharing something. And sadly, it's kind of difficult to see because of the way I had to capture this image. But when I started my computer earlier today, I was greeted. I was greeted with this. Now, it's hard to see, but it says Wednesday, June 1st. And then below it, it says LGBTQ plus day one of LGBTQ plus pride month. And I'm thinking, why the hell is this on my, on my? I guess you know what do you call it? It's not a start page. It's your where you enter the password page, whatever that, whatever that page is. Why are they forcing me to look at this? I don't want to celebrate LGBTQ plus Pride Month. I don't want to hear about it. If people want to celebrate it, good for those folks. Have fun with it. I want nothing to do with it. But Windows and all of its wisdom, Kimberly has decided I must see that and accept it and celebrate it in some fashion. So I guess uh, we don't have a choice in these things anymore. No, it's it's just like uh, being on our calendars. I have a Gmail. It's on my Gmail cal Google calendar and I can't get rid of holidays that I don't care about. <laughs> they're just there. I don't have a choice. Um, so it's just, you know, they're infusing it everywhere that you don't have a choice but to have, see it whether you want to remove it or not. It doesn't really matter. I wonder if they do that to people for Christmas and things like that, too. Because, you know, if I'm not Christian and I don't celebrate Christmas, I might not want to see that. Yeah, and it's a great point. And Trish, uh, I know I've been upset about this many, many times when I look at my uh, Google Calendar and there are holidays in there that have replaced the ones that I actually celebrate or respect or observe uh, and I think one of them was Columbus Day was was swapped out for Indigenous Peoples Day. I don't remember that actually uh, be taking place as as some kind of federal action. Was it? Is that something that that was done in the uh, in the federal government saying Columbus Day was no longer a holiday, despite the fact there are a lot of people who say it shouldn't be and swapped out because it's it's permeates the calendar, Trish. Yeah, no, it, it no, and there was no no. It's just we decided that you know. You, you don't need Columbus anymore. The, we all know that Google decides what happens, not the federal government. They, they make the decisions now. Um, but to Kimberly's point, I found it interesting too, because I got the same on Black History Month and I got the LGBTQ plus Pride Month on my phone as well in my Gmail, but I didn't get one for Women's History Month, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. 
that I didn't get one for women's history, but I got one for Black History Month and I got one for LGBTQ, which again, I'm not saying, but you, did you know in, in Google, you can change your calendar to be a different, like if you have different religion, they have different religions, you can click. Yeah, it's in the settings. I was playing around with it because I was got a new phone that I was trying to match up my work email and my Google email and it was a mess. But yeah, you could actually choose like the Persian calendar. If you want to follow the Persian calendar, you can click on the Persian calendar and follow that, Kimberly. So just know. Is there a setting that's like regular old American holidays from when I was a kid that I like to observe and celebrate? <laughs> Does that setting exist in there? No. <laughs> yeah. There is no boomer setting, JV. Sorry. You, you have to stay up. I, I think I'm, I'm what wow. comes after boomer. It's Gen X, isn't it? That's what I am. Listen. Oh, my you, God. People call me. I get called a boomer all the time. Well, that doesn't so mean I'm you have a boomer. You call are me. <laughs> no, I don't think either of us are. Wow. No, I'm going. I'm taking y'all with me. <laughs> Holy Sorry. cow. Holy um, Vince, uh, I guess I'm a boomer. What do you have to say about that? I don't get my calendar anymore. You don't? Apparently um, not. I, I don't get to I've have been, one that I, I like. I'm actually, <laughs> I've been called a boomer. I have been called a boomer. I was offended by See? it, but I was, I was definitely called a boomer. <laughs> now, my once, parents were boomers. One time I was called a boomer. My parents were definitely boomers. I know that. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm uh, whatever. We're we're done talking about boomers. I do want to share something that that Trish actually shared uh, sent to me uh, to share. Uh, Trish, why don't you explain what we're looking at here? Okay, so if you will look at this nice, lovely visual, this is called Spot the Difference. So these are all the same company. On the left, you will find the company's Twitter page for their United States office. And on the right, you will find the same company, but their Middle East office. So can you spot the difference between the two? And it won't take you very long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious uh, what's going on here. Um, the, the left Actually, side- I wonder why in the Middle yeah. East, they're not yeah. celebrating, you know, LGBTQ plus month. I can't imagine why. Yeah. So what do you, what is this? Uh, what I'm going to ask Vince here. What do you think this says about corporate America? Do you think, I mean, obviously the, the virtue signaling that they offer here in the United States and when they move out of Atlanta because of the Georgia voting law or when Disney, you know, goes after Florida because of uh, what they call the don't say gay bill, which has nothing to do with saying gay or not saying gay. Uh, but when companies take that stance, clearly they're not being genuine about it because they don't do it in the rest of the world. Right. And this is the uh, the clear double standard, right, that we all have to live to is that in this country, whether it's uh, whether it's wokeness when it comes to gender or uh, or, or gay marriage or or the, the climate or everything else that we talk about, you know, it, we are held to a totally different standard. And I think we've we've made that point quite often here. Here's a great opportunity or a great a great example of where you have uh, corporate America trying to tell us how we should act here, but they, they turn around and they, you know, they, I'm sure, you know, this is their Middle Eastern pages. I'm sure their China, their China pages look a hell of a lot different than they do in America too. And nobody ever, you know, they, they, they don't call out the Middle East on some of their uh, positions socially, politically, and they sure as hell don't call out China on any of their uh, human, uh, 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 human rights uh, violation problems, right? And yet they they hold Americans to a different standard. Yeah, and you know it's it's the thing that makes it even more difficult to accept is that the United States of all of these regions and these countries that we're talking about, the United States is far more tolerant than any of them by a long shot. 
yet we're the we're the population that these corporate wokesters decide to target with their protests, their their banning, their whatever they decide to do. And I wasn't going to bring this story up, but it fits very well into what we're talking about. Uh, this movie has has uh, performed very very well. In fact, I think it was uh, Tom Cruise's highest uh, box office opening weekend grossing film. Um, uh, in his career, but uh, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick, uh, has decided to restore the Taiwanese and Japanese flag patches on um, the jacket that Tom Cruise wears uh, in the movie. And I don't remember because I, I don't re- I haven't seen the new one yet, and I don't re- remember the old one well enough to remember the patches. But apparently, when they first released this and they first released the trailer, the patches weren't there. Because at the time, Kimberly, there was a Chinese company that had heavily invested in the making of the film. The Chinese company ended up pulling its money because of other, uh, uh, the quote is because of the film's pro-American tones. So the Chinese company pulled its money and the producers of the film put the Taiwanese and the Japanese flags back on, or patches back on to the jacket. Is this a win? Is this... Is this just ridiculous? What do you think? Uh, I think it's a win because, well, and I didn't realize that they had pulled their money because it was too pro-American. I thought Tom Cruise and the and the crew were just saying F you to China in the first place. So I thought it was good. And I'll go spend the money to see it just for that reason alone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, China hates America. That's why they do so much to destroy this country. <laughs> so, of course, they don't want it to be, you know, a pro-American theme where – People actually go to the movies, and for once in I don't know how many years, there's actually a movie that is is pro-America and that Americans can actually relate to because it'll probably remind us of how it used to be before all this left-wing bullshit has enveloped everything in this country. Yeah, Kimberly, or Trish, the uh, quote is, and this is from a report in the Wall Street Journal, the company, the Chinese company is Tencent. That's the name of the company that invested in the film or was was supposed to invest in the film. It says, and this is a quote, Tencent withdrew from the movie over concerns about the storyline's pro-America tone. Yeah, well, and and I will be honest, I was not planning on seeing the movie because they removed the, and they were the patches on the back of his flight jacket. So when I heard that they were taking those off, I'm like, no, I'm not going to go see it. Screw them. Not doing it. I'm not going to. But then I heard that, that they backed out and that they were, I was like, okay. And honestly, Kimberly, it's totally worth it. If you are a fan of the original, obviously they're never as good, right? The sequels are never as good as as the originals. But this one was pretty darn nice. And I have to say that I loved uh, the fact that all the actors learned to fly the jets. And they That's actually crazy. Put, yeah. they put the cameras in the cockpits to film them while they were... So I'm like, you know, that's kind of cool like that. So they, I mean, obviously they're still CGI, but I will be honest. The number one reason I went to go see it was because of Iceman. I, <laughs> I will be honest. It, I was never a Tom Cruise fan, not even back then. I'm still not today, um, but I went for Iceman. So heart, hearts out to Val Kilmer because you were the whole reason I went to go see that movie. Vince, you've been a diehard Tom Cruise fan for years. Have you seen the film yet? Uh, and if you haven't, do you intend to? And if you have, what'd you think? Uh, I haven't seen it. Um, I I don't intend not to, so which means I will probably see it at some point. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Not I'm probably to. not gonna. <laughs> right. So I don't think I'm gonna rush out to go see it necessarily. I may wait for it to, yeah. to stream maybe. But yes, I, I'll see it. And and I'm not sure what the Chinese investors thought. <laughs> what, what movie they thought they were investing in. 
I mean, even if you just read, if, if you got the old 1980s when that movie came out, if you had the old VCR box and you, and you just read the back of it, <laughs> yeah. you'd have a pretty good idea that maybe this isn't the movie you want to invest in if you're worried about it being too pro-America. But what do I know? What'd you say? I'm not going to intentionally not say it. What'd you say? What was the, what was the quote? I, I don't, I don't, in, I don't intend, intend to not, not see it. it. Yeah. It's kind of like saying I didn't hate right. it. I didn't hate it. All right. <laughs> Right, same, same kind of exactly. endorsement. All right, so moving right. on to the I'm thing. I'm not going to go out of my way, I guess. Right? <laughs> I'm with I'm you. I'm not going to go out of my way to not see it. I'm yeah. with you. Exactly. I don't, I haven't been, it, I don't think I've been to the movie theater in 15 years, maybe longer. I don't know how long it's been since I've actually been yeah. in a theater. And the last film I saw in a theater was probably one my kids wanted to see, and I took them to it. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so I'll wait till it comes out, watch it at home. It's always more comfortable doing it that way. All right, let's move. No, they go, have. Well, JV, real quick, they have theater. They have a theater where I live that has it's called 4D, and so you get these seats. And if it's, I only go see action films, and it moves like oh, it cool. does stuff. Oh, that's cool. So, that's, that's yeah. I like so the ones. I like cool. the ones that they bring you dinner. Like they have yeah. actually recliners with little trays. Drinks and, and dinner. They'll bring drinks you, and dinner. You yeah. can order food and drinks and like like pretend you're sitting at home in your recliner eating your dinner or watching your movie. I, that's what I'm all for. That, that sounds a little more appealing. All right, let's move on to the things that I actually did have uh, ready to go here. Uh, this one, uh, again, you know, marching to this drumbeat of equity, Joe Biden has created an office for environmental justice for communities of color. This was announced uh, on Tuesday that the Biden administration created a new office of justice, environmental justice, to preserve, quote, communities of color from zoning restrictions, pollution, among other objectives. The OEJ, which is the acronym for it here, will report to the Department of Health and Human Services and will sit within the Office of Climate Change and Health Equity at HHS. I just threw a whole bunch of woke words at you, Kimberly. Um, but the bottom line here is there's another regulatory agency being developed that is going to look to practice reverse racism in some fashion in this nation and have a, uh, the, a full force of a regulatory body behind it. I'm not exactly sure what their intent is, but anything that has the word justice in it and environment is bad it's going to screw you and if they're talking about some kind of environmental justice for communities of color is that what it said some crap like that it's the office of environmental justice and it's designed to preserve communities of color okay they're going to screw these people even harder than they're already screwed in their own communities that's what it's going to do they these these people really, really, really don't give a rat's ass about America, but especially about the black community. This is, I, I can't even imagine the things that they're gonna try to put in place. There is an environmental justice department too that must be the same underneath the same thing that they just you know, created. I'm not quite sure what environmental justice means. Do we get mad at someone if they <laughs> cut down trees? I don't understand. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, cut down trees or burn too much fossil fuels. Uh, I think you're talking about the Office of Climate Change and Health Equity, which is what this uh, new office uh, reports to. Um, Trish, the White House Council on Environmental Quality Chair, Brenda Mallory, described the agency's responsibility as, quote, prioritizing environmental justice. Sounds very dystopian to me. It's crap. It's all crap. What's going to happen is they're going to now come up with more excuses and more hoops that any company that wants to build, say you want to build 
a new, you know, Section 8 housing complex, a brand new one. Now they're going to make it 20 times harder for those developers to actually do that because of the impact they're having on the air quality and the impact that they're having. And now the drainage, the storm drainage will be all different. So now they have to do all this. And that's what's going to happen is they're going to make it almost impossible for any company to come in and build anything new, which will benefit will benefit these inner city communities, but then they'll claim it's, oh, we're doing this to protect you, you poor, poor black people and Hispanic people who live in the inner city who who can't seem to do anything. We're we're the white saviors here to take care. I'm like, I'm so tired of all this crap. Anything that has the word equity in the title or justice in the title, they're just gonna get the big middle finger from me. That's that's pretty much how I feel about all that stuff. Vince, if we go back to the early days of the Biden administration, we had uh, been told that there from from the people who were who were concerned about what the Biden administration was trying to do and what their what their goals were, that one of the things they wanted to do is basically uh, eliminate local zoning so that. Uh, Government housing projects basically could be built in the suburbs, that kind of activity. They wanted to de-suburbanize the suburbs. And uh, this may be one of the tools which will allow them to do that. I think that's absolutely what they're trying to do with something like this. But but and on the flip side, I think what they're what they're actually going to be doing is. It, it, listen, it, this is a typical Democratic move where they cloak racism in in, in something that they say, try to sell as a as a positive move for whoever it is they're trying to save, and they they do this way too often. Um, listen, one of the one of the breakdowns of a lot of minority communities has been gentrification of those communities, and let me tell you, those aren't the boomers like Trish and I moving into those neighborhoods. <laughs> those are the the woke. Right, those are the woke, uh, the woke hipsters, uh, and those they're, they're the de- you know the young Democrats, you know, and and the the, the more liberals that are moving into those neighborhoods because that's the cool place to be. And what they're basically doing is turning those minority areas into white neighborhoods. In fact, they're moving, they're making them upper class white neighborhoods, and they're totally changing the 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 landscape. And 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 all this does at the end of the day, if they're going to break down uh, uh, neighborhoods of color. You're actually, I believe, you're washing away the, that minority's identi- identification within that community, and and I'm not sure that you know that's I, I I'm not even sure that that's an unintended consequence, to be quite honest. My, that the neighborhood yeah. I moved into is the same way. It was all yeah. it was built in the '70s. It was all people from the islands. Uh, they're Cubans. There's Dominicans. Oh, sure. There's Haitians. It's all. Right. And so when I moved in, literally, my little Cuban neighbor, who his parents bought that house brand new when it was first built. First thing he said to me, oh, it's so nice. We're going to have a nice little white girl in the neighborhood. Like I was the, I was the standout because I was like, I was literally one of the few white people in around. So it's, but but it's true. Like, and now we've got all these apartment complexes that have been built in my neighborhood. And now it's all these young hipster yuppie with their BMWs and their Audis driving around with their $7 coffees. And it's destroying my neighborhood. I like my little Caribbean neighborhood. I like it the way it was. And and, and and that's what built our cities, right? Where the ethnic uh, communities all across, and we're not just talking about minority ethnic communities because you know you, you can talk about the Italian and the Irish, and and there were a lot of ethnic yeah. communities around these big cities right. that have slowly all been broken down. They really have. Yeah, it happens, I but- actually lived in a neighborhood. I called it Little Italy because I was the only non-Italian person. My <laughs> husband and I, in the neighborhood. like everybody spoke Italian but us. So <laughs> that's funny. I, said, I know the bad word. That was it. Uh, so I just I just want to clear this up before we move ahead any further. And there are more references to boomers. So who who are the baby boomers? 
Uh, baby boomers, generation of people born soon after World War II, between 1946 and 1964 is the widely accepted range. I am not a boomer. I am not going to speak for Trish or Vince or Kimberly, but I don't think, if I am not a boomer, I don't think anybody else I'm on this panel. Baby. I am Jen. <laughs> okay. That's why I have your All right. So, Trish, if they call you a boomer again, just pull that out and say, hey, look, I'm not a boomer. I just report them for ageist comments. It's all fine. (laughs) That too. All right. Fair enough. Um, Let's see. There was one more thing in this, Vince, that that I wanted to bring up. Um, Sure. This same woman, Mallory, said uh, that today's announcement is a key step toward confronting environmental justice. And here's the part that really should scare everybody. And it's a continuation of the quote. It says... Uh, with the full force and commitment of the federal government. That phrase should haunt you. Environmental justice with the full force and commitment of the federal government. That means guns. I mean, that means ultimately, you know, that means mm-hmm. you don't sure. do what you're told, you're dragged off somewhere to jail, right? right. right? Or you're fined, you're fined in, into submission. I mean, it's it, the full force of the yeah, government absolutely. means that uh, you're going to lose on the at the end of it. Yes, you will. You will comply. You will obey. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I will not. All right. Let's let's move on to story number two, which is equally scary. The Seattle Police Department has stopped investigating new adult sexual assaults this year, according to an internal memo, memo that was revealed. Seattle's police's Seattle Police's Sexual Assault and Child Abuse Unit staff has been so depleted that it stopped assigning to detectives this year new cases with adult victims. Again, I mean, I, I can't keep saying it, but I have to keep saying, Kimberly, absolute lunacy and an absolute dereliction of their responsibility to the community. Now, there are reasons why, and we'll get into those, but this is craziness. Um, this is, uh, and I, I saw this today, and I posted it today on Twitter. This is what we call, and let me just find it because now my computer's being slow, Besides being called insanity, this is called anarcho-tyranny. We refuse to control real criminals, that's the anarchy, so we control the innocent, that's the tyranny. That's what our government's doing. Crime is insane pretty much everywhere. I mean, you hear about all kinds of crimes everywhere. There was another shooting tonight. You won't hear about it probably because it was a black man who shot, committed a mass shooting in Tulsa. It's gone away. It was trending, now it's totally gone because he was black, but it's constant. You see the crimes, you see, we all see the one-offs. They're not doing a damn thing about it. I am glad as hell I live in East Cupcake because where I live, there's like, there's nothing that anybody would even come here for. But it, what are, what are we supposed to do about upside from protect yourself? That's like the only thing we could do, right? And, and make sure you defend your house, but how can they not how can they not investigate rapes uh, of whether man or woman, whatever? That's that's a violent crime. That's not just a misdemeanor, like you know, petty theft or whatever. That's an actual violent crime, and they're not gonna they're not gonna investigate. I mean, did they lose that many cops? Did that many cops leave because of their treatment over the past few years? It's or is that is it that there's that many more sexual assaults happening in that city because they're not they're let, just letting criminals do whatever they want? 
I'm going to skip you for a sec, Trish, because uh, Kimberly lives in East Cupcake. Uh, Vince and I lived in West Cupcake. And in West Cupcake, I mean, Vince, you know, we've talked about New York State and the difficulties of living here. And it's going to continue to get more difficult as these proposals and laws are being passed in the Democrat-controlled legislature with a Democrat governor. So I often think about leaving the state to somewhere that's much more tax-friendly, much more uh, freedom-friendly. Uh, however, living in West Cup, living in West Cupcake does have an advantage in the current climate because, thankfully, and knock on wood, we don't have to deal with the crime that we see happening around the nation, Vince. That is true, and uh, and and you, you are seeing in our state, you are seeing the migration from the urban areas into the more rural areas for that reason. They're escaping the crime. They're going to escape the, uh, the, you know, the high, the high cost of, of living and, and, and the things like that. But, but, you know, the, the, the problem JV is that, you know, while we escape it directly, we don't necessarily escape it totally. And that we end up paying the bill for all of, all of the problems that the big cities are having. I mean, right. I was in New York uh, city, maybe, uh, maybe about a month ago, maybe less. Anyway, I was talking, got, got into a conversation with a New York city cab driver. And, and he's just telling me, yeah, the, the, the police, they don't do anything. They just ignore everything because it's the little stuff. They ignore all the little crimes because it's not worth it. Because the next thing you know, they turn around and they're accused. I mean, it, this and this is a this is an immigrant cab driver telling me that the New York City police, you know, I, I, you can argue it all day, but the NYPD is known as one of the best law enforcement agencies in the world, right? And and definitely one of the toughest and most dedicated. And and here they are turning a blind eye to a lot of the crimes that are going on in the streets. You cannot. You cannot a year ago be a protester and claiming to defund the police, and then a year later go be all up in arms over over violent mass shootings and all the stuff that's going on. When you when you create lawlessness, guess what you're going to get at the end, and that's exactly what we're seeing. And yeah, while up here in what is it? Where are we? West Cupcake. West, West Cupcake, Cupcake. Yeah. While up here in West Cupcake, <laughs> we don't we don't we you, you know JV we don't have the we don't have the violent crimes up here, but I guarantee I know this for a fact. Thefts up, burglary, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, car, car theft, thefts, things like you know, things like that are on the rise. Drug use is on the rise. Drug crimes are on the rise. So all of that is being compounded, you know, with the fact that you've got this exodus out of the cities, but also you've got you've got your economy in the tank as well. Yeah, um, Trish. Uh, another quote in here says the community expects. This is from Sergeant Pamela St. John who is the, uh, the, the person who's responsible for this particular crimes unit. Uh, she says that the community expects our agency to respond to reports of sexual violence, and at current staffing levels, that objective is unattainable. Law enforcement agencies, this is no longer a quote, law enforcement agencies here and across the country have grappled with labor shortages during the pandemic and since 2020 protests following the murder of George Floyd. This is a Seattle Times article. They don't complete the sentence there and say, and the def defund the police movement or the vilification of police officers around the country that made so many of them retire early and, and quit and leave and move to other places. They don't complete that sentence. They don't make that connection because this is the Seattle Times and obviously they're liberal. Yeah, the, the leftists don't ever make, the, they don't ever connect the dots at all, which, and and with all watching it from Florida, and I do have to say, like, it's so refreshing to hear our sheriffs when they go on to talk about, you know, shootings, like they're like, listen, if you break into somebody's house, we are going to encourage our citizens to shoot you and kill you so that we can save some tax dollars. 
So like, <laughs> it's so different to listen to you guys talk about what's happening in New York and what's happening, you know, and for me to read the news and see what's happening in California, which is just absolutely mind boggling as well, um, to then listen to my local people. <laughs> I mean, it's, we're literally living in clown world, people. We really are that, that people like the fact that people are committing murders and getting out on bail. I'm like, how, what, how, what, how is this even this possible? Is all intentional. Absolutely. It's intentional. Yeah. Another they, they want, they want the chaos. They want it because then that more citizens will use guns to protect themselves. And then they can use that as an excuse to confiscate all of our guns. Yeah. Another, uh, uh, reason they give in this article for the lack of ability to cover these cases, Kimberly, is that they, they've had to divert resources to handling the homelessness problem and uh, and monitor homelessness camps that have appeared throughout Seattle. And the other thing I'll point out is that also in this memo, uh, this Pamela St. John went on to say that she's not able to assign any adult sexual adult uh, assault cases. What does that say to the would-be rapists? What does that say to the sexual Go predators? You're, you're not going to, I mean, talk about broadcasting the fact that they can get away with it. Yeah, that means they know that they're going to, exactly, they're going to get away with it. Because if there's no investigation, then they're free. They're not arrested. They're No one's going to bother arresting them. They're going to go free. And you know what? There is homeless camps all over Seattle. You know why? They give them free drugs. They give them free food stamps. They give them all kinds of free stuff. They literally give them a crack pipe and other stuff. When we said that they were giving away free crack pipes, it was true. Seattle was already doing it. They give them, I know someone who was in Seattle and he showed me. And I know about all the stuff that those guys were getting. And it, it's just totally normal. They give them tents, they give them blankets, they give them crack pipes, they give them uh, food stamps, all of it. Of, of course people are gonna camp out if they don't have to work, especially the like hippie loser idiots. And they could just do drugs and party. And they're getting money to do that. Who cares what street they sleep on? Yeah, I, I was I was a little confused there. I thought for a sec you were talking about Vince when you said hippie loser idiots. Because uh, isn't that what they called you in college, Vince? <laughs> I, I'm all over Poor Vince today. I'm all over Vince today. today. He's a good sport. Let's, Vince, take it to you. Let's go to your first story. JV, as you know, we've been uh, we've been talking some time that inflation uh, is the fault of the Biden administration, but we we finally have some company in that claim, and it's actually the Biden administration themselves. Um, they're actually now starting to own up to the fact that they have made mistakes. And if we can play that first video, there was an interview with uh, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Certainly, as the president says, inflation is the number one domestic economic problem facing the United States right now. But it wasn't just the president who got it wrong a year or so ago. I want to play for you what you said about inflation last year. Listen to this. Is there a risk of inflation? Um, I, I think there's a small risk and I think it's manageable. I don't anticipate that inflation is going to be a problem, but it is something that we're watching very carefully. Was it a mistake, Madam Secretary, to downplay this inflation risk? Did that contribute to the problems we're all seeing right now? Well, um, look, I, I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly. 
that I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand, but we recognize that now. Kimberly, well, there's, there, I think the money line, other than I appreciate her uh, owning up to the fact that they made a mistake, but the fact that she said she didn't fully understand, I, what is it about has, the Biden administration? Go ahead, she Kimberly, has go one job. I was, I was making all kinds of faces while it was, she was on the screen. She has one I job. Know, I know. One job. And she couldn't even do that right. I don't, they have all these rejects from the Obama administration back that sucked under Obama, and now they have her back. How come regular people like me and others all across the country could see what was going to happen if they kept doing what they were doing? And what was going to happen as soon as Biden put all his energy policies in place to hurt gas and fuel and fossil fuels? Sure. We all kind of knew that was going to happen. She didn't. Just like, well, Biden didn't. Biden's administration didn't know about the baby formula shortage. They'd be right. clown themselves right. every day. And there's the one piece that I actually disagree. I really disagree with is when she said that, uh, you know, oh, she said uh, nobody could have handled this. Well, I, somebody could have. It's just not the crew yeah. that, that they have in place. And incompetence seems to rule the day um, for the for the Biden uh, administration. Right. But uh, let's take a listen. This is this is Joe Biden. Here's a clip of, of Joe Biden from July of 2021. So a little almost a year ago. As our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. Reality is you can't flip the global economic Okay, so I mean we've we've heard from we've heard Biden talk about this, right? He doesn't admit it's a problem. It's nothing to worry about, but now we have these comments that are totally contradicting that. And you know, but there's been an evolution because they didn't just get to this point. And uh if you could put it there's a there was an article from May 10th of this year um that uh, that Biden the the, the article the, the headline is Biden blames Putin ultra MAGA for inflation and vows to give voters simple explanations. Well, as we know, Trish, his simple explanations have been to blame everybody under the sun, and you know, and to deflect and to blame. He's his totally been in 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 a spin on the inflation crisis with no success so now you have biden's recent polling numbers uh his job approval has hit 36 percent lowest of his presidency um and, and so, so they've got a complete mess how does taking the blame for inflation actually help them now or or have they just waved the white flag and pretty much they've given up at this point I think they've probably just given up at this. I mean, the, like this is just, and my whole thing is like, nobody could have predicted this. That's funny because Trump, before he left office, said this was going to happen. It's funny that the one guy who actually has some business sense predicted it was going to happen, yet all of the Biden administration has no fucking clue. Like, it's just, it's so it's comical at this point. And I mean, and the fact that they can get on camera and lie to the American, see, this is what bothers me. It's because there are a lot of people who don't understand economics and they don't understand on the global scale what's happening, and they don't understand how us losing our energy independence is hurting this country more than anything else. I think that's like the probably the number one factor in everything is that we have lost our energy independence, which caused our fuel prices to go up because we are now dependent. The fact that we're begging Saudi Arabia and Venezuela for gas, I mean, come on. The, the, but there are a lot of people who don't understand it because they don't understand the big picture. They don't understand global economics. They don't understand what's going on. 
I feel sorry for them because they listen to these people and think that they are giving their honest, professional, solid, qualified opinions about this. And we, and those of us on the other side who are screaming, pulling our hair out because we know they're lying carte blanche to everybody. They're lying to the American people. And if you are a Democrat and you are still voting for this crap, there is a special place in hell for you right now. I am telling you right now because you are going to kill all of us. There, it's good. It's going to get like I tell people: if if things don't change the midterm, it's going to get really bad those last two years. I mean, it's going to be. Ex you think now is bad? No. Like, what is L.A. paying for gas now? Isn't it over eight dollars a gallon now? In LA, diesel's over nine. It's, it's close in LA right? County. It's close to eight, if not. Yeah, I saw, right. yeah, it's, it's yes. over eight. Yeah, it's over. It's right. just over right. eight, and and diesel's and, just over nine. And and it's easy to believe, you know, that it's 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 Trump's fault. It's it's Putin's fault. It's everybody's fault except for ours. And now it's gotten to a point where nobody believes it. So they've actually had to turn the turn the turn the tables and actually blame themselves. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Biden, to see it. Biden's and, saying, uh, you know, the buck stops with me, but then it's Putin's fault. Right. It's their fault. It's everybody's right. fault. But the buck stops right. with me, but right. it's everybody else's fault. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. And JV, <laughs> there's, another, there's another clip there. Oh. Go ahead, Kimberly. I was just going to say that's because people are sick of Ukraine and sick of us spending money there. So they can't use Putin as an excuse anymore. So they have to realize that they can't blame Putin because people don't care. They, they're they done with Ukraine. They just allocated another $770 million today for the Ukraine. You you basically have a, a CNN yeah. clip where, you know, you've, you've got CNN going, they're, they're going back and forth talking how they talk to themselves back and forth, right? So they agree on everything, but they're actually talking about how, how you know, you've got, you've got a president who's trying to blame everybody under the sun. He has now totally switched the flip on or flipped the switch on that. And, and you got to ask yourself, JV, is he in denial? Is he historically wrong or is he completely ignorant? His choices are not that great, are they? Yeah. And it's also nice to see it's also nice to see people like CNN and the other uh, the other news agencies of the world get in line of where the independence gang has been all over this for at least the last six months, if not longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, wow. CNN is now doing this. CNN is, CNN is now pressing Janet Yellen on her statements from a year ago versus what the reality of today is. CNN is now questioning Joe Biden's uh, blame game for inflation and probably other other uh, thing other problems we're facing that he's blamed others for. I mean, that in itself is a, is a pretty interesting turn of events. Let me talk about Janet Yellen for a second. She was not only wrong, she was so far off and so far dead wrong that uh, I don't understand how, I mean, again, I think, Trish, I think you've all said it. We saw this coming. Everyone who opposed the policies of the Biden administration said this is going to get bad if they don't start acting on it and stop talking about all of this nonsense. If you remember back then, Janet Yellen was spending more time talking about punishing fossil fuel companies by limiting their access to funding and promoting equity than she was talking about managing the U.S. economy as Treasury Secretary. The mere fact that she just said, what was the quote? Um... I was wrong on on the the path that inflation was going to take. That was something like that. Paraphrasing, you don't have the luxury of being wrong as the Treasury Secretary. A pilot does not of a commercial airliner does not have the luxury of being wrong when he's landing a plane or taking it off the runway for that matter. There is no luck. That woman should have been fired long ago. She's incompetent. She's ineffective, and she just. 
is like nails on a chalkboard when she speaks. That alone should have gotten her fired. Um, and going to the Biden clip, I just had my first near-death ex death experience watching that clip. And it wasn't that I felt like I died and went somewhere. He looked like he died while I was watching that clip. He he's speaking like a like a zombie. Like I mean, I remember him saying those things back then. But even now, looking at it, I'm I'm just struck by how completely comatose he looks in delivering those comments about probably the most important issue facing Americans right now, and that's inflation. Whether it's gas, food, shelter, doesn't electricity prices. Um, and the reason they're not, they're not, the reason they have to admit to it, Vince, uh, the reason Yellen's getting on these interviews and saying, yeah, I was wrong, because somebody has to take the blame because people aren't buying their bullshit anymore. People are not accepting that Putin did it, the Trump did it, the, you know, the, the, the monkeys in, in the rainforest did it, whatever, whoever they want to blame, right. people aren't accepting it anymore. So now what they need to do is try to assign some blame without hurting themselves too much so they look like they're empathizing and they're handling it. And I gotta be honest, I don't think it works. I don't think it works because you can't just say, like we just heard in the, in the clips, you can't just say, oh, sorry, we were wrong. Because you had an entire industry of, of political, government, financial people telling you, no, you're wrong. They told them a year ago, you're wrong on your, on your approach. They said six months ago, this is going to get much more disastrous, and nobody listened. They played the blame game for so long, thinking that they were going to stay. Remember, do you remember just a, a, a few months, remember the what the cause of inflation was just a few months ago the trump tax cuts <laughs> yeah, right. you you don't you don't even hear you don't even hear biden now mention the trump tax cuts because he can't because his boogeyman is gone he's the new boogeyman as much as he as he 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 wants to think he can use it and you know the the ultra maga or whatever they want to blame he is the boogeyman going into these midterms whether he likes it or not and that's the bottom can line. i just add one more thing the, the 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 real true thing is, as we all here know, everything they're doing is intentional. They they want gas to be high. They yeah, want true. us to suffer. They you know, they know that food shortages are coming. Um, there's all these you know plants going on fire, etc. But they have to pretend, for their supporters at least, or the dumb people in this country, that oh yeah we we, we didn't really mean to do it, even though that's exactly what they meant to do. It's all intentional, but they have to sort of pretend, you know, just for face value that it's not intentional because they're not the evil, authoritarian, dictatorial, fascist fucks that we think they are. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think the American people are that tone deaf to it. Secretary really Granholm, Energy Secretary, who is completely incompetent as well, uh, very early in the administration, or maybe it was leading into the the uh, the, the um, inauguration, was was on television saying, "Yeah, we we necessarily have to increase the cost of fossil fuels to help encourage people to move to alternative energies." She said it. The uh, uh, climate czar, whatever her name is, who who uh, speaks occasionally, she said it repeatedly, still saying it from what I've seen, still saying, yeah, mm -hmm. we want fossil fuel prices to go up, gas prices, because it'll force people to switch to these alternative options, which don't work. Because that's the only way you're going to get them to go there if they can't afford the first, the fossil fuel option. So you want to you continue this or go to your next one, Vince? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to the third one because it, it's a better tie into what we were just talking about. And, uh, you know, everybody may remember that uh, we had a discussion a while back about the White House needing to walk back uh, Biden's comments when he was talking about Russia, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin, and he was going to be taking him out. Um, and you remember that the White House, what kind of went into a little bit of a crisis mode, had to had to, to walk that back. Well, hold on to your hats. This is going to shock you. He's actually done it again. 
And this time, uh, mm-hmm. there's a video here of a, uh, a a question that he answered regarding Taiwan in the case of a mainland invasion from China. Are you willing to get involved militarily to defend Taiwan if it comes to that? Yes. You are. That's the commitment we made. Well, well, Tricia, it turns out that's not exactly the commitment that the United States yeah. made, but uh, and White House officials had to. Right. And White House officials needed to clarify the statement saying it was, you know, he was not outlining a change in U.S. policy toward Taiwan, which that's that's a pretty major problem, I would think, to have on your hands. Uh, But, you know, this certainly it's this is it's a huge departure from where our current position is on Taiwan, mostly in an effort to keep us from ending up in a full blown war with China. Uh, But I mean, what can I mean, what can go wrong with the leader of the free world making a comment that could lead to all out war? I mean, we have no concern here, right? That was Mr. Biden. at the yeah, well, No, 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 because he is so competent and he is so rational. And so like literally, I, and the funny thing is when you showed that clip of him talking about inflation, I literally said, if you gave him that same speech on a teleprompter today, he would probably like halfway through lean over and go, transitory inflation. It's transitory, <laughs> transitory. Like, it's just, it's yes. so creepy. I, I can't. I, I honestly, I can't believe that we're actually sitting, and, and and most people who know, like I pick on Republicans just as much as I pick on Democrats because I think they're all spineless. I've decided I'm gonna start my own party, the Constitutionalist Party. If any of you would like to join, we are, that's what we need. We need a Constitutionalist Party because we need to stop with this whole left and right because they're all crap. Like they're all spineless cowards. Like one of my friends on Twitter was like, well, you know, I have bigger balls than half the Republicans. I'm like, well, you definitely have a stiffer spine. And that's really what we need. We need some stiffer spines and we need to just start obeying the constitution and cut out the fat. Because what's happening with people like, you've got like, again, we, you said it before, we've had, we have all these Obama cronies who are all back again because they did such a great job the first time around, right? Ugh. So like, right. This is, it's just, it's very frustrating to the average, normal, everyday working schmuck like me who, you know, if gas price, like I have made a concerted effort not to drive. I don't drive anymore unless I absolutely have to. If I go to work, then it's like, okay, then I got to stop at the grocery store or I got to stop here because I'm not going out again. Like if it's not on my way home, I no longer go to stores that I used to go to that were a little bit farther away because... I can't afford like gas here. I went on vacation. I came back. Gas was four fifty nine nine a gallon. I'm like, it was one ninety five nine when I when Trump was lost the election in November 2020, and I will remember that number for the rest of my life because I don't think I'm going to see that number again for a very 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 long time. But right. I, and, if, and if I know it's affecting me, and I don't live paycheck to paycheck, if I know it's affecting me, I can't even imagine how it's affecting everybody else. And now with Biden saying that he's going to, you know, forgive student loans, I'm like, oh, great. So all the truck drivers are going to be paying off the loans of all these freaking gender studies, PhDs, who can't get jobs and are all working as baristas at Starbucks. Awesome. Like, just, just great. Just true. flush us down the toilet now, because that's where we're going. So true. Well, there might be plenty of jobs in the in, in a Biden White House because they're going to need a lot more help, I think, walking back uh, a lot that he has to say. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and, and Kimberly, like we said, this isn't new. I mean, there was another instance uh, recently where uh, the president declared that he was going to call on the National Guard to help with the with supply chain issues. Well, it, it turns out the White House has to an official from the White House came out and had to say, you know, we're not actively pursuing the use of the National Guard on a federal level. And, you know, and explaining that it's the it's the states that can that mobilize the National Guards and not the not necessarily the federal government. And, and it's just a, it's just another mess. But wait. 
it gets better because Joe Biden now, Kimberly, is mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. And uh, it turns out that uh, he's actually upset. He's frustrated with his staff in the White House and their efforts to, quote, rush to explain things that the president has said. Quote, the so-called cleanup campaign, he has told advisors, undermines him and smothers his authenticity that fueled his rise. And worse, it feeds a, a Republican talking point that he's not fully in command. No kidding. I'm shocked to hear this. But uh, doesn't this doesn't this not only feed into but confirm the narrative, Kimberly, that he is just not in control of what's going on? I I really don't think that's probably that story is probably even true. He has no goddamn clue what's going on. Did you see him? Were you are, were you military help Taiwan? Yes. Uh, wait, is that what you really mean? Yes. He doesn't know what he's even answering. <laughs> he doesn't know. I don't even think that story is true. I think they plant it. Remember, this guy is more guarded than Obama was when it comes to the press. He hasn't talked, sat down for a one-on-one -on -one interview in over a hundred something days, which is unheard of. He gives random answers once in a while and he makes a fool of himself, but that's because they left him off his, they let him off the leash. They didn't, they weren't there. The Easter bunny wasn't there to pull him back. So they, they, they're probably planted this to make it look like he really actually cares and he knows what he's doing, right? But he doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. Look at him. Look at when he, when he answers stuff and yeah. then he whispers. Always whispers. That's creepy. He did that. I'm your commander in chief. What oh, the yeah. was that? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, we have the most. I don't. I didn't yeah. think this was going to happen in my lifetime. We have the most yeah. screwed up, unintelligent, insane people as puppets in the White House when we have the really most evil people running it in the background. I would like to take this moment to just say that we should we have underappreciated Jimmy Carter and I think we need to rethink this. I think we need to go back and talk about this at length one night because Jimmy Carter is no longer the schmuck that I really thought he was. Just just saying. I just uh, sorry, sorry to it's jump in on, on your segment here, Vince, but I just have to say, Trish, I don't think you were here uh, on a, a couple of weeks ago. I played a yeah. couple of clips of Jimmy Carter speaking and how he was speaking oh. about inflation and the government's role. And it was actually, he sounded more conservative than many Republicans that I've heard talking. And yeah. I actually thought, wow, if he was speaking, if this was Biden speaking today, he might actually be getting something done and actually get some respect. And that tells you how bad it is now. That tells you how bad That's true. Biden is. But That's true. And JV, to sum this up, uh, you know, uh, there was a uh, an official White House response to the report about the president being upset about uh, the the press or the the uh, the staff having to always clear up his statements. And that official said, "quote We don't say anything that the president doesn't want us to say," which, of course, is just another walk back of the president's <laughs> statements on his walking back <laughs> statements. <laughs> Listen, I think uh, I think Kimberly's on to something here. I think this uh, Biden frustrated with AIDS for walking back his statements story is planted because in all honesty, if that were true, somebody would have gotten fired by now. Somebody would have paid a price for this. 
But Biden doesn't really know, doesn't know any of this. He, he's not aware this is going on. He didn't, he's not talking about this. Uh, again, he has absolutely no involvement in any of this. This is all an orchestrated effort to try to make him look like he's a victim as opposed to the, uh, the Dunson chief that he is because he has completely no command of any of these faculties. I also, I, but, but just a quick uh, thank you to uh, It's Samo for the cookie contribution in the Foxhole chat. Thank you for doing that. Um, you know, you can you can you can mess up the number of of uh, COVID deaths when you when you speak as he did. You can mess up the number of shots in arms when they were trying to get everybody vaccinated as he did. He messed those numbers up. You can mess up uh, and call uh, Kamala Harris the president, uh, which he's done a number of times. You can mess up and you can you can forget who your wife is and call her your sister-in-law, whatever. However, he did mess that up at one point. You cannot mess up things as serious as. Uh, saber rattling with the communist Chinese party over Taiwan. You have to be clear and deliberate with your statements and understand what your policy is and understand what happens if that policy is challenged. And you also cannot be flippant and make mistakes um, in, 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 by talking about regime change in Russia when you've got a madman with his fingers on the nuclear buttons. Those are mistakes that you can't allow. Just like in our last segment, Janet Yellen should be fired because you don't have the luxury of making those mistakes when you're the Treasury Secretary. The president doesn't have the luxury of making the mistakes that Biden's been making. That they just laugh away, they explain away, oh, what he really meant was whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. It really is. It is. And, you know, we do, we get a good laugh at it, but you're right. There's a there's a very serious piece to this that it, it should be. It, it needs to be. It, it's it's scary. And, and and just to follow up one other point that you made, walkbacks of things that the president says, if there is a staffer or a White House official coming out to do that, that is coming from the highest levels inside the White House. Yeah. So that is a chief of staff role. Uh, you wonder at times if it's I'm sure it's not the vice president in this case, but there is somebody that's pulling those strings. This is all right. You got to go out and, you know, a, 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 a communications staffer or a, a press person is not, not going out and just saying things randomly. They are being instructed to go out and walk things back. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you, Fringe Dweller, for the gift of the cookie as well. Um, it's it's really important to recognize that it is coming from the top levels. Right, and I just have to say, I've been I've I've been on the show a number of times. I've never seen a cookie yet. I don't know where <laughs> these cookies are. I don't know where you keep them, but I've yet to see a cookie. Uh, if Couch, he's Matt Couch, the cookies. Yeah, if Matt Couch was in the uh, <laughs> right? the, the chat room, he's Matt's tossing cookies out like they're candy. Right? Um, I did want to, I wanted to say one more thing about making a mistake. You know, are they going to be able to walk back the nuclear missiles as they're flying over here from Russia because Russia's had enough? Right. And Biden says the wrong thing. Uh, those missiles won't be able to be walked back. Right. So right. this, they have to get a right. handle or on the this day, shit. Or the day China, or the day that China walks into Taiwan, and then Taiwan wants to know where the hell we are. Yeah. Right. 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 But, it, but the president said you were going to be here. <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, what are we doing? It, it's far more consequential. Right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about disinformation and misinformation. We all know that famously, uh, liberal things never die. Their agenda, if, if if they lose on the on the surface, they subvert it. They put it under under the radar, and they get their way uh, through the deep state in other ways. So we know this disinformation board that was announced a month ago, two months ago, whatever it was, was basically so unpopular. And there was so much pushback that they had to, quote unquote, I think they said they were pausing, putting it on pause or something. I don't remember the exact word. They didn't say they were eliminating. 
They said they were going to pause it or whatever. And this uh, scary Poppins girl, who we all know very well now, uh, kind of disappeared uh, in shame in a way. Well, just so you, you know where to be looking, it seems now that, that states are picking this up. So Connecticut is hiring a misinformation specialist to police the Internet as we enter election season. Uh, Colorado is also doing this. Um, so, Kimberly, if the feds can't get it done, the liberal governor is going to do it themselves. It makes it no less unconstitutional, by the way. Uh, however, they're going to try to get it done. So it's out of the spotlight of the federal government. Joe Biden doesn't have to take the heat for it. Uh, and they'll just do it uh, in the states. It's insanity. The government is going to monitor and say during an election, what's misinformation? Really? That's a violation of free speech because that's the government now getting involved. It's a little bit different when it's private jackasses at Twitter than when it's the government. So they're going to have some real problems with this, I think, more than they think, because now the government is involved. It's not just some private company unless they are working with private companies and trying to direct them. Then it's like a third party still going to be an issue, still could have lawsuits. But what the hell? They, when did they decide they're the misinformation kings and queens? We already know the government sucks. Oh, I almost said it. <laughs> we already know the government sucks <laughs> at, at doing that, right? They they are the biggest spreaders of misinformation in the entire world, probably. They're no worse or no better mm -hmm. than the CCP or all the other scum propagandists around and and terrible countries they are just as bad now the government's going to tell people during elections locally my sister lives in connecticut i'm going to have some fun with this yeah um i'm going to change topics trish but feel free to comment on either because we were just talking about this again this is not something i was going to include in tonight's program but it's appropriate for the conversation we were just having a russian politician uh, part of the russian assembly uh or whatever they call it there um his name is alexei Zerev, Zeraviv, Zeravliv, I don't know, something like that, something I can't pronounce, uh, said that something Russia Russian. will wipe out the entire United States, claiming that two of their new uh, Satan II missiles will destroy the entirety of the American East Coast and two more will destroy the entirety of the West Coast. This is not just some random person in Russia saying this. This is a Russian politician, an elected member or, or elected, I'll put it in air quotes, member of the Russian parliament, if you will, saying this now. The rhetoric is heating up, and Steve, uh, in our getter chat, made a really great point. What happens when the first U.S. advisor gets killed in Ukraine? What then? Biden will probably do nothing. I, sadly, he, he, he's just not capable. He's, he, he, he's not taking a stance. He's not saying this is what... He's just throwing money at them. I, I I find it very interesting that the same government that is now saying they want to take away our guns is now giving more money for guns for the Ukraine. I don't. It, none of it makes sense. All of it is double standards. None of it is, and that's why. And that's like, listen. I know that uh, everybody has said it before, but I'll say it again. None of this shit would be happening if Trump was in office because none of these people would act up. Putin and Trump would sit down and talk about it over scotch and cigars like normal people, not scotch because Trump doesn't drink. But you know what I mean? They would sit down and have a discussion like men, like two alpha men would. Like now we don't have, we don't have that. We don't have that strong leadership. We have some wuss who can't even, 
United Airlines has made room for seven, eight, seven point eight pounds of baby formula to come over from Europe to the United States. Really, seven point eight pounds? Ooh, that's a whole seven point eight bottles or whatever it was of baby <laughs> formula. I'm like, dude, it wasn't seven point eight. Like, he can't get anything right. I mean, the numbers are it's right there on the teleprompter, right in front of you. Just read it, you freaking. Uh. Almost said the R word, Kimberly. See, I got to watch. You guys are on the edge with your language tonight. Wow. Uh, I'm telling you, like, this is it's like I'm it's very frustrating. And the longer it goes, the more frustrated I get. Although I do have to say that the gay neighbors and my neighbor next door have once again started the the Trump war with each other. Oh, boy. Just like we had in the last election. Yes. So the first Trump DeSantis poster went up on their fence couple days ago so i will have to keep you guys in because this will be the most fun that i will see because this is that's the only thing keeping me sane right now is my two neighbors going at each other good share pictures uh vince i'm going to change the subject <laughs> but again feel free to talk about any of these topics but this is one that's again closer sure. to home for both you and i uh new york has suspended the gas tax for the rest of the year as prices continue at record highs in fact today i was taking a walk and i walked by the gas station I'm like huh it's uh, gas dropped a lot when i say a lot it was like 15 cents, something like that. Um, but it's been going up. And I'm like, oh, I bet I know what happened. And I hadn't been paying attention to this story in the news. And I went and looked. And sure enough, uh, Governor Hochul and I guess the legislature decided to suspend the gas tax in New York State, the state portion of it, until the end of the year. And um, you know, there may be people that say, okay, this is a great idea to allow people to afford gas uh, a little better than they can now. Um, however, those those that savings will be in, eaten up by just the regular uh, price increases that we're going to see as the summer wears on. But here's the more dangerous thing. Once again, this is going to result in uh, a lack of necessary tax revenue to the state government. This is an important source of state revenue. It's That'll be gone for the rest of the year. Um, and I see this as just an attempt to... For people who, like I did initially, wow, gas just fell, it's trying to plant an idea in their head, oh, wow, gas prices are falling, so that when they go to the polls, they won't remember how bad it was because they'll think maybe it's turning around. I think that that's really the effort here, not to save anybody any money. Uh, that's completely what the effort is, and I'll go one step further, that uh, Governor Hochul has a primary in 28 days from today and so the timing of this is exactly what you said it is this is to make sure that you know she's brought some relief to the pump if i'm correct though the the gas tax the the they're only suspending half of the gas tax or a portion not not the entire thing i believe or there's there's definitely been some some different information bouncing around i will tell you and 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 right now remember this our, our state as well as many other states we don't have a revenue problem right now we're we're flush with cash because of the bailout we got from the federal government. So the the, the our our state government is running on tons of cash, and they're that's why they're able to do this. And like I said, the timing of January first. Trust me, they could have they could have implemented this this two months ago, and they held it till January first to put it in place. June first. The reason is. I'm sorry, June 1st, for this reason, because you've got the primaries at the end of the month. Uh, that, so that's the sole reason. Uh, an interesting aside to this whole thing is that actually our states, our local state senator, uh, JV, was one of one of two or three members who actually proposed a full suspension of the tax cap or of the gas tax. But then when they re-implemented, wanted to have all of the gas tax money go to a dedicated road, uh, road highway and, uh, you know, infrastructure uh, uh uh, a dedicated fund, which, as you can imagine, the Democrats balked at it immediately. So, you know, 
I love that the Democrats in New York, as well as I'm sure other states, are trying to now, you know, take credit for one, an idea that wasn't theirs, and and two, an idea that only helps them uh, for for a short period of time politically, and then we're going to go right back to, you know, they're, they're hoping there'll be just enough relief by the end of the year that they can fully put the tax back in without you even noticing it. Yeah, and so the, the danger it's all, it's all political. The danger right. with the scenario you just described, which is that New York State and I think California is also flush with cash right now. Uh, and that cash is hiding a financial uh, Armageddon, a financial problem below the surface, whereby they're going to spend this money. They're going to create programs to spend this money. Those programs won't go away, but the federal money goes away. And suddenly local taxpayers, New York taxpayers, or in the case of California, their taxpayers will be stuck with this bill or this debt again. Uh, and they always do this. They don't know how to not do it, which, again, is one of the problems with government. Speaking of CNN, we brought up CNN just a little while ago, and I was a little shocked that they were being as hard on the Biden administration now as they seem to be. Well, they just had an epiphany that we need to talk about. Where do I? Oh, here it is. Uh, so apparently they just realized that lunchflation is what they're calling it. They don't call it Bidenflation. They don't call it inflation. They call it lunchflation is real. And that people that are returning to the office to work because companies are no longer allowing them to work remotely uh, are seeing increases in the things that they spend money on to be in the office, like lunch, like coffee, like gas, all of those things. Kimberly, it says that millions of employees have started working um, back in the office uh, for the first time since the pandemic. And they're as they're returning to office, they're being greeted by much higher prices for just about everything. Is this really just dawning on CNN that this has been happening? And is it really just dawning on these people that are returning to the office that this has been happening? Just CNN's dumb. And they have dumb people who watch their show. I mean, <laughs> how could you have not known this was going on? Like, I'm sorry, but I didn't buy lunch when I was in the office. I brought lunch um, just out of convenience. And it was better than, you know, whatever I could get locally. But they're noticing this now because they probably want to push to have people go back to working remote, right? They want they they they're really mad. A lot of people are really mad that and they, they have, have to actually get out of their pajamas and go back into the office. So, and of course, it's going to be more expensive. You the gas to get there, parking if you have to park, um, and then of course if you buy your lunch. I mean, there was so showed some elitist bitches lunch that was like eighty dollars for some stupid salad recently. <laughs> I'm like, I'm nice that you can afford that. That's awesome, but um, yeah, they're 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 seeing that now because their own viewers are probably complaining about it. It doesn't matter that there were people already going to work for all this time, going into hospitals, uh, paramedics, firefighters, police. They were all working factory workers. They've been working throughout this whole time. And they already knew about all the expensive increases in prices. Yeah, they've been living it every day. Um, yep. People, uh, companies like Starbucks, uh, Trish, are saying that there are additional pricing actions, is what they're calling them, pricing pricing actions, uh, scheduled through the end of this year because they have to. Their their expenses are have gone up more than what they've been able to recoup at the retail level. So they'll have to uh, increase their prices again. Salad chain Sweet Green has raised its menu prices by 10% since the beginning of 2021. And they said they're going to have to increase them some more. The government has been telling us, uh, Trish, that the inflation rate is 8.75, 8, 8, 8. whatever, whatever they're saying. Um, but let me just give you a few examples. Uh, 
this is a, a story from a woman named Kelly McClay who is now discovering this inflation. She said before you could get lunch from $7 to $12. Now there's no way you can get a decent lunch for less than 15. Okay, so $7 to 15 is 100% increase, 100 and change. And or if you go with the high number, 12 to $15 is a 25% increase. So this 7, 8% that the government's been throwing at us, not even close. It's crap. It's crap. It's total crap. Yeah, I think I think most of the economists have said it's probably closer to 12% actively right now. Um, I, I hate to say it, but I think we're going to see 18, 20%. I think we're going to see interest rates way back up as well, too. I think that's going to be another thing we need to start watching. I mean, interest rates already are getting high. Like I had a friend who wanted to refinance and they were like, holy crap. And then I saw the interest rates and I was like, oh, crap, I can, I'm not refinancing. Like the refinancing rates are now higher than what his original mortgage were. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's a, all around it's going to go bad. And, and going back to the point about the the people not wanting to go to work, did you guys see the emails that Elon Musk sent out to all the Tesla employees? Like you will be in the office a minimum of 40 hours a week and not like a remote satellite office somewhere. You will be in the office where you are assigned with your people at least 40 hours a week. Because he's, I mean, but we're all feeling it. Like in education, we had the same problem. People did not want to come back to teaching in the classroom. They wanted to stay at home in their yoga pants. Like, listen, I taught in my yoga pants for 18 months and I loved it. It was great. <laughs> but learning occurs in person, not like that. The, there are very few people who can learn like this visually and just talking and visual. That most people do not learn this way. They need to hands-on, especially I teach math, and that's what those students need to be in the classroom practicing. They need to be able to ask a question immediately. But the teachers, teachers unions, hate y'all, all you, hate them, hate them, hate them. Um, you are lazy. You don't want to work. It's bad enough that, you know, and I mean, listen, as a teacher, listen, I've been teaching for 23 years, so nobody hate on me right now. That's the reason I stayed in teaching is because I get the whole summer off. Because I need it. Because during the school year, I work. I don't work 40 hours a week. I wish there was, I'd work a 40 hour work week when I'm a teacher. I, I don't. So I need those months off to recuperate my energy, to not want to kill small children or other adults that I work with. So I need that time to refresh. And so you only work really nine months out of the year. So you're getting paid pretty well for only working nine months. So get back in the classroom and do your freaking job. And that's, I think everybody's kind of getting to that point right now, whether it's Elon Musk or it's educators, it's like, just get in the class, just get back to work, America. Stop sitting at home, sitting on your ass, collecting a pay. And that's the thing about this pandemic that really pissed me off is they wanted all of us to be at home and be fat and be lazy and not go anywhere and not be healthy and not go outside, and not go to the gym and not eat right. And we all know misinformation, going back to that topic, that everything they said, the New York Times just released their, their newest article saying, oh, it turns out masks didn't work. Oh, there's yeah. statistically no difference between. Yeah, we got we got kicked off Facebook for saying that shit like 18 months ago. Yep. Now, suddenly, the New York So it's, I, I very, listen, the whole misinformation thing and we're going to decide what is said and what's not bullshit. Nuh uh That's, that's good. I think that's for most people going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back right there. Because a lot of the leftists are used to being able to say whatever they want. And when this happens, it's not just going to be the conservatives that are going to get slammed. It's going to be them too. And so I, if, if that does occur, I think that is going to be the tipping point for everything. 
and I've got ammo and I'm ready. So let's just bring it. And Vin- my and my all my powdered eggs will be here in two weeks. So I'm, let's bring it. Vince, the good the, the good news is that with this particular program, by definition, it is remote work. You don't have there's we don't have an office to go to. We can do this program remotely, so you can continue to wear your yoga pants. Don't worry about that. Um, I know that <laughs> that'll make you happy. <laughs> A uh, couple other examples of this 8% inflation. Wait, wait, J- JV, yeah. JV, why, you, you, you make some assumption that I'm actually wearing pants <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I was just trying to picture Vince in yoga pants. I'm just saying. Um, a couple, don't don't couple, make me stand up. Yeah, don't. Please don't. Please, <laughs> please don't. don't, Jeffrey Tubin. Please don't. Oh, man. Um, a couple other examples of the inflation that people are, are experiencing as they're returning to the office, according to this lunch inflation lunchflation article. Uh, gas prices um, were two dollars and forty four cents in February of twenty twenty. They are now four sixty on an average, so two forty four to four sixty. That's an eighty nine percent increase, not eight percent. And then another one here is that she's paying this this woman that we were referring to is paying twelve dollars a day. Um, for parking, up from eight, that's a 50% increase. And those numbers just keep going on and on. Um, when you're actually talking about inflation rates of the, the, that magnitude, 89%, 50%, 70%, ra- even good years when you have a uh, wage increase, you know, if you're lucky if you get 6 7%, um, how's the middle class going to survive this? This is not survivable. The, the, no, it's it's not at all, and 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 again, this is a breakdown of what we do consider the middle class. And I, there was just a, there was another study. I just saw some numbers today, where it's it's a third of of uh, households who have an income of of two hundred fifty thousand dollars are living paycheck to paycheck. So can you imagine we're we're in a we're in a world where a quarter million dollars a year might not be enough to at least be ahead of the game where if you have some sort of an emergency, you don't have the funds to take care of that. And that's not where you should be at that level. And again, you know, uh, it, it, for me, there's part of this, it all comes toward this, you know, it's that, that tax the rich mentality that, you know, we're going to, we're going to go after the one percenters. And then you find out that, you know, if you're if you're a small business owner, if you if you did some good investing, or if you had a successful year, all of a sudden you're considered one of those one percenters, and now you're in that tax bracket, and they're starting to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. And I, I we we I think I know we talked about it on the show at one point where you know during the entire COVID shutdown, what that did was break down habits, and it made people do things differently than what they were used to. And 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 when you go through that, you're not going to just flip a switch and say, okay, everybody come on back to work, it's over. You have you've completely changed habits, and 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 you know, and I think there was also a level of frustration. Is a level of frustration where people now are are seeing are calling bullshit on a lot of the things that they they had to do and that what they saw during that pandemic. So they're going to continue to do that. And the question here in this case is, well, why do I have to go back to an office, right? Why why do I need to do that? Well, if I if it was good enough for the last two years, year and a half, then why can't I continue to to work remotely? Um, you know, and, and again, I mean, I, and I think I, listen, I, I think part of it in New York city is your, your real estate, uh, lobby is, is all up in arms because they know they're in a lot of trouble if they don't come back and fill up, you know, these companies who have floors and floors of rental uh, property in New York city, if they don't come back, you're talking about absolute disaster and destruction when it comes to the New York city economy, which then will ripple 
throughout the state, throughout the country. But but nonetheless, I, I digress a little bit. But my point is, you, you've you've created a new dynamic for people to live under, and then you think you were just going to flip a switch and it was all going to go back to normal. And then on top of that, you've had ex- absolute disastrous decisions where we you know started some of our conversations tonight from from this administration who has created a dynamic where people can't even afford to want to go back or people are going to make decisions based on the fact that you know if if you can't afford to commute into work i'm going to find a different line of work and again that's going to be a major shift in the type of economy that we that we uh, we have in this country vince do you want to do your final story i i have something i could touch on or not even do it so yeah, I, I, whatever you'd like. Yeah, let's can, do your I story. Do that. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Um, as you know, uh, I, one of my things lately has become to follow the primaries that are going on uh, around the country. And, uh, you know, um, you know, we've we've had a lot of discussions about how these primaries are. Are there some key things that are going out of these primaries that that leading up to the midterms uh, could have some effect? And we've talked about a lot of them. Um, and recently, you know, talking about Pennsylvania and Georgia, and where we saw, you know, the Trump endorsed candidates had a little bit of a rough go, uh, such as in Georgia, where you know Governor Kemp, Secre- uh, Secretary of State uh, Raffensperger, uh, both won. And they were in a similar situation where, you know, Trump was angered at them over the outcome of the 2020 election. But um, now we, we're going to turn our sights to Wyoming. And uh, as we know, um, and of course, you know, it's being spun that after the Georgia losses, Trump is now setting his sights on on what's going to happen with with Liz Cheney in in Wyoming. And, um, you know, Kimberly, now in, in Wyoming, uh you know, we definitely see a little bit of Trump maybe trying to get even here. Uh, but do you think is this is this actually good politics? Does it help the Republicans to gain those th- seats that they need when it comes to, you know, when it comes to these important midterms? Or are we just looking at a grudge fest here at this point? Oh, it's Trump. It's a grud- grudge fest. Totally. But, be- <laughs> but because believe me, believe me, in my state and my governor's a jackass. But in my state, uh, Trump's henchman, that piece of shit, Corey Lewandowski, as backing a guy from my town who the first day I met him knew he was a piece of shit Republican. Sorry, I'm saying that shit a lot. Um, I knew he was a bad Republican and, and, and Trump's team is backing him. And the guy sucks. He's terrible. My governor sucks too. I'm not voting for anybody, but it's a grudge match. Sometimes it'll be good. Dr. Oz, not good. Not good. So, so sometimes... It's on our side and it's good, right? Our side meaning conser- actual conservatives. And other times it's not. It's just Trump's little narcissistic hissy fit. Oh, you pissed me off. So now I'm going to try to get you out and it's going to screw us. It's going to screw us. Interesting. And Kim- Kimberly, here's an interesting conversation that we had on, on another program. But um, we had talked about the idea that, and I'd love to just get your thoughts on this because because I haven't heard them yet. But, uh, you know, it, is MAGA taking on a life of its own outside of Donald Trump? What are your thoughts oh, on that? Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. It to- I totally think it is because I see I see some people that are just regular, you know, normal, you know, conservatives. Other people like me who are done. I mean, I was never MAGA, but I was, I didn't. I voted for Trump last time, but I didn't, I don't want him again. I'm done. I'm done with that drama. Right. I want like a DeSantis stealing him, Trish. We're stealing him. No, no, no. And I I think it is taking on its own because you're always going to have some extremes, but yeah, it's just taking on its own. It's like the blob. 
it's like it's, interesting interesting it's i'm um, so yeah um and trish uh you know there was just a rally uh that we have a video clip from in wyoming that that trump did so let's take a, no take a look at that america was thrown in her lot with the radical left more than liz cheney terrible she has gone crazy now i get it i've been hearing all these stories for years now i guess she's gone totally crazy and it's why in two months from now the people of wyoming are going to tell her liz you're fired get out of here get out of here <laughs> so, trish tr trump is certainly that. all in yeah you gotta you got yeah you have to love the theater right of politics um I do. A good friend of mine it. once I said, a good, it. a good, a good friend of mine always said that uh, politics is performance art, sometimes for its own good. So, um, and it's true, but, uh, um, you know, but he, Trump is certainly all in on this one. And uh, maybe I would say, I would argue that he's in this more than he was in the Georgia races. Um, and do you think he's made this too personal? Or, you know, again, well, is this is this good for, is it good for the party and the goals that we need leading up to the midterms? I think getting rid of Cheney is a good thing, but this is kind of a given. If you look at the polls, Hageman is ahead by like 35 points. I mean, it's not even close. Like it is a total blowout. Liz Cheney is not going to win that primary in no way, shape or form. Um, so maybe this is just, I think, and I think after the Georgia losses, I think Trump just needed a little pick me up. And this was an easy one because it's, it's, it's a given like, Hey, like, listen, I just drove through, I put a lot of miles on that rental car. When I drove up to Miami, to Montana through Colorado, I went through Wyoming twice. And let me tell you, I saw Trump flags everywhere. I saw Hageman sides everywhere. I did not see one Liz Cheney, anything. And the only Biden bumper sticker that I saw was on a car from Washington. So <laughs> I'm telling you like that's, it's a shoe in. So I think Trump did this more for a, for just the, the boost that he needed after, you know, what happened in, in Georgia. But I don't, like I don't think, yeah. do I think he's throwing fuel on the fire? No. Cause that fire has been done. That's all done. And, and Liz Cheney knows it. I mean, she's not out on the road in Wyoming. She's not, she knows she's done. And so it's just it's just now it's like let's just have the primary and get it over with because we all know she's not going to win. Yeah, and and when and is JB that primary? Uh, it's not till August. Sorry, so Wyoming. August twelfth. Oh, okay. Wyoming yeah. primary is like August twelfth or something like that. So we're, we're actually we're at the beginning. If you ask me, the beginning of the the ramp up uh, to the to that election. So uh, listen, a lot can change in thirty days, and you're right, Trish. It's funny uh, you mentioned the polling. I, I actually wasn't able to find an independent poll that showed numbers for that race. So I wonder if it just hasn't hasn't been done yet by an independent pollster. Maybe unless you've seen something different. I know there's some some I have. groups I out there that Hold might on. be all right. Perfect. But, um, but you know, JV, uh, he's, Trump has actually called this the most important primary. Uh, it's the most important primary leading up to the midterms. I, I'm not sure that this is going to be the bellwether to tell us how we're going to, you know, how the party's going to fare. Um, and, and certainly, I mean, listen, it's important to him. Uh, and if he is playing that grudge match too much, does he, you know, is he, is he overlooking to send a bigger message? And is it, you know, does he put us in a position where like it becomes underwhelming for uh, the focus to be winning in November? 
that this is like this is the end all uh, end all of 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 what has to happen. Well, we all, of course to him, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, we all we all know everything's personal for Trump. Uh, everything is personal, and this one is particularly personal. And quite honestly, it couldn't happen to it to a, a more disgusting Republican in in my mind. Her, she, and uh, Adam Kinzinger both deserve a special kind of loss. We know Kinzinger isn't running again because he was redistricted out of a district uh, to the point where he wouldn't be able to win, so he's not running again. And Cheney's going to be primary. I still think there's something up Cheney's sleeve. I don't know if the, is it a straight primary there, Vince? Is it Republican? only is it i mean i i'm afraid there's there's something yes because she's been too quiet about this i am i am pretty sure that uh it is uh it is just a yeah. uh it is just a, it's a republic it's not an open primary it's just a republican okay. primary and i also believe there are five candidates on the ballot which creates a dynamic I, again it's too early to say what that's going to be yeah i just i just have this, this gut feeling as you all probably do too she's been awfully quiet uh and she's as a cheney i can't imagine she would be this quiet she doesn't seem to be fighting for her seat uh which makes it very bizarre to me so there's something else at play here and i don't know if it's maybe she switches parties and runs as a democrat i i don't know i don't know if that's even possible i don't know but um the true test of whether Trump is worthy of not not all, but some of the support that he gets is what happens when it comes to the general elections and some of those candidates that he didn't support are now the Republican candidates. Does he support them at that point in the general election against a Democrat? That's the true test. Um, I, I was laughing during that clip of Trump talking about Cheney at the rally because he's so entertaining. It's I mean, he's. He's yes. kind of funny without being funny, yet he knows he's being funny, and it's just so entertaining to watch. Um, so I'm mixed about Trump. I, I, it was first Kimberly's statement; she she won't, doesn't support him the second time around. I actually support him more this time around than I did the first time around because I saw what he could get done. However, I don't think he is the best thing for the party long run. I don't think he's you know he's just too he's just too scorched earth for me. Uh, and too all or nothing in a lot of cases for me. And that that's problematic because you have to be able to bend a little. And as I've said all along, you know, not every candidate is, is going to be perfect and check every single box a conservative wants them to check. But it's still better than the Democrat in most cases. So we've got to be able to accept that as well. Uh, so we'll, well see. And I think, can I interject? Can I yeah. interject real quick? Sure. Because I think we need more Trump. Not because, listen, he's an asshole, but. You know, I love him. I, I love it. <laughs> so I love a good funny. asshole. So it's I'm so just saying funny. it's true. He's we but we really need and we when he came into office and he really rocked the boat. Like he rocked Washington DC hard. And you know what? We need it again and we need it harder this time. Because part of the problem is we have been making all the compromises. We have been giving way. The Democrats are not giving way ever. They're not. And we have to stop. The people on the right, and I'm not gonna say we because I kind of, you know. I oscillate depending on the topic, but we need to stop giving. We need to stop compromising because our opponents are not compromising. So why should we? We have to stop with that. And I think that's why we do need another four years of Trump because we need more scorched earth. We need to see more of the darkness that's happening in DC. We need to see more of the corruption. We need to see, because there are some people who still don't believe it. So we need to get it. We need to get, flush it all out into the light 
total scorched earth, and then you can have DeSantis in 2028, Kimberly, okay? Yeah. That's um, that's the deal. And I just want to echo what you said, too, because Trump coming in the second day, the, <laughs> the reason he didn't get more done, and the, one of the reasons he had so much trouble, uh, particularly in the beginning of his administration, 2017, 2018, is because the Republicans who controlled the House and the Senate at the time were fighting him as well. This time, I don't think they'll fight him. This time, I think they will cooperate. And a lot of those things that he couldn't pull the, the curtains back on, a lot of Obamacare and these other issues that he couldn't tackle the way he had promised he would tackle, he might actually be able to get them done this time. And he'll have a four-year intermission to really understand how, what the hell he's got to go after after four years of experience. I think he's going to be, so if he, if he is back in office, he's going to be far more effective than he was the first term. Like, leaps and bounds more effective. That's my opinion. Vince? Kimberly doesn't like that opinion. No, I, you know, I get it. I <laughs> He turns me off a lot of times. When he, you know, him not tweeting is the best thing that's ever happened to him. Oh, I miss. That's why that's I, I, I'm happy I'm on Truth now because I I missed it. I'm sorry. And he's tamer now. Yeah. On Truth, he's totally tame. Yeah, and well, it's I, not the same. It's like it's anticlimactic. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's learned a bit of a lesson. And it's not whether I liked him or not. It's just what the the fodder he gave the other side to work with. It was just the distraction. Some cases it was a good distraction. It made them look over here while he was doing something over here. That was okay. But it was just it was just and, constant. And, and the thing, you know, looking forward to 24, I, he's he is a polarizing figure. Like him, don't like him. There's no in between to Trump. And that's one of the things that I believe made him dangerous when uh, he was even in the Republican primary when he first ran, that everybody kept overlooking. Everybody kept saying, you know, well, oh, he, it's a flash in the pan. He's not going to last. You know, people had already made up their mind about him. Everybody knew who Trump was. It was a household name. Uh, you know, he, he had been, he, and I, I say this to a lot of people who ask, you know, it's like, well, you know, Trump's secret was, you know, was it things he did or said? Or I said, I said the secret wasn't a secret. He was on the number one rated television show in America for 10 years. That that takes an impact. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody, you can't swing people that to, to like or dislike you when everybody's already made up their mind. And that's the thing that, that politics does is it goes after those people who, who haven't made up their mind and they swing them one way or the other. And you, you couldn't do that with Trump because people already made up their mind. But that's the thing, that's the, the biggest risk of, of, a, of a second Trump uh, candidacy and presidency is that he's such a polarizing figure. While there are some places that works great, I can tell you in New York, we're going to have some trouble <laughs> getting getting Republicans elected here with with him on the ballot and and in an office. We we saw it, you know, the four years he was in. It's just it's just the reality. And there's you know plenty of places around the around the country like that. So, Vince, you know, we sit we dynamic. sit here we sit here night after night, Vince, and we talk about the failures of the Democrats in this administration, and they're real failures. I know hardcore leftists yeah. aren't going to see those failures, and they're going to they're going to claim as they do that it hasn't gone far enough. That's why we're suffering. They their agenda hasn't excelled, hasn't succeeded uh, far enough to the left. That's why we're suffering, and people are suffering. We know that's not true. However, there are a lot of people that are closer to the middle. As as someone who is a consultant works on these races, are you seeing any of those people shift even in New York? Do they recognize how much worse things are right now versus uh, the Trump years? And uh, does that make them in any way long for those years or at least accept them? Uh, I think I think they take a similar approach. Uh, to answer your question, yes, there is there is definitely a shift. And 
and you've got a lot of, especially the people that are, you know, self-proclaimed in the middle, people who are independents. Um, and then, and then you even get some moderate Democrats who, you know, they, I remember his, his job approval, Biden's job approval right now is 36%. That means there's a lot of people from the middle left who don't like what he's doing. Now, the, now where the issue becomes is, will they go as far, how far right will they go to, to vote for a candidate? That becomes the real electability question. So that's why, you know, in a place like New York, uh, will Democrats vote for a Republican? Sure, they will. They won't vote for a Republican that's, that they see as too extreme. And then that's where we start getting into the issues that, you know, sometimes we trip on in a place like New York. And we're getting into some of the social issues. We're getting in some of the non, you know, it's no longer, if it's no longer about crime in the economy, we're getting into issues that maybe our candidates have a chance that they don't fare well with the 60 to 70% of the population that that you know they they need to approach or appeal to to get the votes they need to win in a state when i mean remember we're we're upside down six to one in new york yeah and send to republicans so crazy. you got to make that up somewhere it's it's so crazy anyway that's going to do it, it for tonight we we've covered a lot of ground uh thanks to everybody who joined us in our chat rooms please subscribe follow share and like thanks to the for the folks who contributed in the foxhole chat we appreciate that as well i'm going to release the scratchins uh, the scratch-off things here. I haven't done this in, uh, before because Britt used to do this. So I'm doing it right now. I hope it works. Let's see if it works. Uh, and I don't even know what it does. Trish used to like that. What does it do? <laughs> yeah, so it, it just, the more active you are in chat, the more rewards you can get when you release those. So Got it's it. just a it's just an incentive to get people more involved. Because they can earn more cookies and they can earn little bonuses. Okay, cool. Well, I released them. I don't see them appearing in the chat yet, which they usually do, don't they? Don't they usually show up? It says who what who got what? Um, mine didn't. Mine would appear just in my account. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, oh, here they come. Now they're coming in. Oh, look at that. Good there for you, go. Parker. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Uh, Kimberly, thanks for being here tonight. I hope you had a great... I tried to get you to come on Friday. You had other plans. I hope you had a great night Friday night, and I'm glad you were able to make it tonight. Trish, it's good to have you back uh, in your home studio so you can be with us and not gallivanting around the country. I don't know why you were driving across Wyoming three, four, Wyoming three or four times. That's a lot of miles <laughs> just to go once. <laughs> it's a big state. It was. <laughs> and it Vince, was. Vince, it's very boring. <laughs> yes. There's actually some beautiful places, though. I mean, some of that landscape it, is amazing I, it is and that's the nice thing about you know i grew up in colorado living in florida just to go back and see the mountains and see all the different types of landscapes between wyoming and my home base of colorado it's totally night and day i was yeah. hiking in glacier national park one day and the next day i was back in colorado so it's like ooh, okay i went from nobody around to tons of nature with close encounter with a deer to oh i'm back in suburban hell with governor polis great i don't want to be here i want let's, let's go back to wyoming where they have some sane people well it's good to have you back vince great job in the co-host slot tonight we appreciate all the work you did i don't know what happened to 1.4 but we'll we'll search to see where that disappeared too it's fine it's all good it was all, all good. good thanks again to everybody and we will catch you next time this is the independence gang we'll see you